When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. So is your Gracie Award heavy? I notice you're doing arm curls with it. <laughs> Triceps, arm curls. She's just doing the... <laughs> oh, you know, we have to, if you want one. Okay, what did they say we had to pay? Oh, to each get your individual. Like, you because see people have Emmys and stuff. Savannah and Hoda also won a Gracie Award for being the best um, like morning show host. Oh, they did? Good yeah. for them. Yeah. For and them. so I like if they each want one, yeah, the you network have to... can have one, but then they can each have one. Right. And then you pay for those. That, like... I'm going to pass on the hardware. I know you are. Yeah. Just like at bowling, if you win a trophy, give us give us the money. We don't win hardware. Lori did take home the first um the first year you took home a trophy. We used to have it in yeah. our double white forever. Yeah, they you guys made me throw it away. We did. It was taking up too much space. Yeah. Get rid of the trophy. Yeah, I know it. I mean, what do you do with all these trophies? Oh, you're so you know? funny. It's like, well, now um, ask a parent that when their kids go away to college or go away or don't live in the home anymore. What do you do with all the trophies? In that book, Home and Away, Leah's parents keep every her hockey girl bedroom with all of her clippings and all of her things. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. Like, I even feel that way about us. What do you do with all the stuff? There's a lot of it. I'm going to dread it when they come in here and paint the building. <laughs> We have so much help. We're pack rats. But after 20 years. I know. Jeez Louise. I know. Okay, so Molly Shannon has a new book out called Hello, Molly. And Molly Shannon was on SNL for many years. And is is she's in a lot of other. Oh, she was on that SJP show, Divorce. Yes, she was. And I love She was hysterical. She's very funny. I've heard her. Howard interviewed her. Andy Cohen interviewed mm-hmm. her. And her book is called Hello, Molly. She was on Colbert last night. She is so funny because her story starts out the first chapter. She's four years old and her dad is driving the car and they get in a car accident. It wasn't his fault, but his wife, her mom, sister and a cousin died mm-hmm. and the other sister lived. And, and so Molly did the dad. Was, and so did the dad. Who was a drunk driver driving Oh, is that what it was? I didn't know. But but she's has she absolutely adored her dad in the story. She's her dad was just absolutely encouraged bad, silly behavior. They would go in stores and he would talk the girls into turning the man pulling down the mannequins to expose their breasts or their butt or putting inside out or jump uh, jump a cut a line and getting in a mute. One time he talked him into try and get on a plane and go to Cincinnati. And she and her girlfriend in their tutus, like when they were 12, did. Oh, my gosh. Just like Sleepless in Seattle. When oh, the yeah. little boy gets on the plane to go find Meg Ryan. Yes. Joy. I mean, she's been like, uh, but she and Colbert got very serious about talking about because he lost his dad when he was 10. 
Oh, okay. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And so she said for so long, she never felt that her mom's death like was that big of an impact on her because of her age. Sure. But it's now when she yeah. started writing the book. Hello, Mo- Hello Molly. Well, we've yeah. got a, we've got Grant. We've got a cut, and this is kind of her talking about try- making it, kind of. It's it, this is her reflecting. The first part is her reflecting on the, how he handles loss, and then the next her dad, her dad, her well, because Colbert about how she admires Colbert, okay, okay, for how he handles his loss, and then the next part, Colbert kind of talks to her about how you know with what everything she's doing, how she gets to that, how she you know how comedians you know through loss sometimes they become a comedian. Well, just listen here, okay. you'll, you'll hear a little bit of as to how they get to where they're getting. I'm so sorry for your loss, even. Oh, I'm so I think sorry about for your you loss so often, and, and I always, um, I read everything you say about that, and I loved what you said to Anderson Cooper. I thought it was so moving, and just you're so sweet, and I, I like that you talk about that stuff, and you're so intelligent, and you put it in such an elegant way, expressing that loss and what it gives you in understanding pain and grief and all that and you just express yourself so elegantly and i admire you for you know your intelligence and well, depth that's, and, love, that's you know lovely I mean, of you, love you to say and I, i'm wondering what <laughs> i'm wondering so sad. I'm, I'm wondering what it gave you um what it gave me yes. you mean what, what hearing what you your, say that? no no, oh, no not, yeah. not what my <laughs> life gave you <laughs> i am a river unto my people what i mean is what 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 your life is what do you think it gave you i guess is is what i'm asking because people do say like oh do you think if this happened to you or didn't happen to you would you still be a comedian yeah yeah to which my friend john stewart said a lot of people suffer not everybody becomes a comedian so there's right. how do you how do you categorize why someone becomes a comedian yeah. but i'm curious what it gave to you the knowledge that that has happened in your life I think it gave me like a kind of urgent, I, first of all, I love being a mom and I'm so happy that I got to live way beyond all the years my mom lived. She died when, when was I was that four. And what, so how old was she when she, she died? She was 33. So I think what it does is it gives me this like urgency about life, like, like and motherhood and having kids and it's a great comfort getting to do all the things she didn't get to do. And I just get like, oh my God, we're, we're all alive and like, I, I just don't, it's so sad to talk about it on such a comedy show, but I feel so grateful that we're alive and like we're living and I don't take it for granted because I guess like you never know how many years you have with somebody. So I feel like a, like grateful and a kind of urgency about like you're up to bat and you're you're alive. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, her book, I mean, she really is very endearing telling these stories. And I think her first movie she was in was Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, and, that movie? Yeah, and of course she's Mary Catherine Gallagher on SNL. Yeah. That was a good character. Um, she's acted in, you know, many things. But one of the stories she uh, told also to, you know, Howard Stern is that um, about being naughty was that her dad was kind of a frustrated performer and writer. So he was just always encouraging her and her best friend mm-hmm. um, to just... Be naughty, right? Be silly, and she said. And here he was, you know, he'd been very injured in the accident, and all of a sudden he's doing everything. And so he would just like, instead of having to do stuff around the house, okay, come on, girls, we're going to go try and sneak in a movie theater, and and one of you is going to get us a free popcorn, and 
And so he would do dares. Yes, yes. yes. Like dares. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting is she said that she found out that her dad was gay when he picked up someone like at um, Grand Central Station, a much, much younger boy, and came to her house and they were both very drunk or something. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing here or something? And she called her manager, who was dear friends with her dad. And he said, kind of like, well, don't you know? And she's like, what? what? Yeah. And so they, he was a cl- he was closeted. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, this her book, book sounds... sounds... Hello, Molly. Hello, Molly. I always find her enjoyable and mm-hmm. funny and super sensitive from what we're hearing and, you know, poignant. And so I think this would be a great and book. she worked at a restaurant in L.A., I can't remember the name of it, the deli, but people, she kind of became famous because of like these little skits and games and stuff. And like people would like start calling her, you know, by the, hey, you know, I'm chicken salad cob man. And, you know, you remember me. And she's like, I realize, okay, people remember who the host is, but they're calling me by their favorite order. I need to get a job, another job. Okay, that's know? so funny. But yeah, yeah, she was kind of known for a couple of years as being kind of a, maybe a hostess with the mostest. Maybe she was very funny as she was Just delivering, funny. Right. delivering you to your table. And her husband is... Um, Fritz Chestnut, but he looks like an actor, but he's an artist. Oh, and they met. They met Fritz Chestnut. I know they met fifteen years ago on a blind date. It's like Morris Chestnut. Oh, he's so cute. Who's Morris Chestnut? Oh, he's a he's a tall, black, beautiful actor. He, if you saw him, you'd recognize him. Um, I'm trying to remember what the last I'm looking show we saw him in that we were. Oh, we love him. We love. I totally know he's. He was on um, um, Boys in the Hood, The Best Man Holiday, yes. um, Under Siege, what, Siege, Siege, TV shows. There's been TV shows. But he shows. was on a soap opera, Lori, that yes. we used to watch. The Resident. Yes. Huh. Our Kind of People. Mm-hmm. Goliath. 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 That's yeah. where we know him from. Oh, he's well, beautiful. Yeah, I just love that guy. And I lo- I lo- I've always loved his name, Morris Chestnut. He was on ER, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's how we know him. Yeah, way back. That's our a great love night. for him. Mm-hmm. Goes way back. Way back. Way, way back. <sighs> I do right. not like roasted chestnuts, so I'm going to say that. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no, they sell those. them all over Europe. And in New York City. In New York City, I think there's nothing. I think they taste horrible. Horrible. You don't like a cashew either. You don't like I a hate meaty a cashew. nut. I ah, hate, I hate he it. doesn't like a meaty What's nut. What's the one you bring back from macadamias? <laughs> I do not like meaty nuts. You don't. I can. I that's that, gonna be my t-shirt. Because those are meaty nuts. I can't stand them. Okay. Oh I like mine hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. Mm-hmm. There we go. We'll All right. <laughs> this is a my talk dirt alert. Julia. Oh, we've got some meaty nuts of gossip for you (laughs) to chew on this afternoon, Uh, including some serious news, some serious celebrity justice news. Cuba Gooding Jr. pleads guilty to sex charges. Uh So he did this today in a New York City courtroom to resolve his forcible touching and sex assault case. Videos don't lie. Yeah. They had the footage frame by frame from some of those places. Well, now prosecutors had accused Cuba Gooding Jr. of groping three different women. Up until now, Cuba Gooding Jr. had denied the charges. They're all misdemeanors. And the defense contended that Cuba Gooding Jr. was unfairly tarnished in the fervor of the Me Too era. But... 
today he's pleading guilty to forcible touching, which is a Class A misdemeanor. And the top count he faces and also admitted to two other incidents of non-consensual contact back in 2018 and 2019. This was coming for quite a while. Yeah. He had a lot of accusations. Yeah. And Cuba, when he became, you know, like there's just a lot of entitlement sometimes uh, on the part of men that they can grab whoever they want because they're famous or something or just because they're whatever. And Cuba probably did it for a long time. Mm-hmm. I bet he was. I was. I bet he was handsy, and I bet the women would warn their friends mm-hmm. about him. Just watch out for Cuba when he gets drinking. His hands like to wander. Oh boy! Now, under the terms of the plea, Cuba Gooding Jr. has to continue alcohol and behavior modification treatment that he started back in 2019 for six months, and have no new arrests. And then after that, he can plead to harassment and potentially have his case sealed. So. Oh. He's just kind of got to go through the motions and then... And keep his hands to himself. Yeah. 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 Well, I hopefully he can do that. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, well, their $50 million Bel Air mansion fell through. They didn't end up buying that. But now reports are saying that they're looking at the former Aaron Spelling estate. We oh, talked about wow. that. How about that? I, I know that house from watching Tori and Dean. Yes. You know, remember that she'd go over to her mom's in the gift wrapping room and the hundred car garage. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is a one hundred sixty five million dollar estate. Fourteen bedrooms. Twenty one point five bathrooms has a bowling alley, a five thousand square foot primary suite and a walk in closet bigger than most clothing stores. Petra Eccleston, Eccleston bought that she was from the, Candy Spelling, and she's the Eccleston, the you know European car guy, yes, the billionaire's daughter. And I don't know if she and her husband got divorced or she moved back to England, but it's she. Either. It's only been owned by Petra since Candy, Candy Spelling. So yeah, for it to go from fifty-five million is what Candy sold it for to one sixty-five. Good lord! Yeah. So here are some of those statistics. Back in two thousand eleven, that's when Petra Ecclestone bought it for eighty-five million dollars. Oh, was it eighty-five? Yeah. Okay. She spent twenty million dollars renovating it, put it on the market in twenty nineteen, and then made a little profit. Now the current somebody else bought it oh, from they her. Did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they bought it for one hundred twenty million dollars, and they're hoping to make a forty-five million dollar profit. Wow. There, it, it's it is a true cur- turnkey experience because apparently they're going to sell all the furniture and decor with the house. Although I have a feeling that Jennifer Lopez will want to do it herself. Well, of course. Uh, I don't know. But that not that many rooms. If you can have some of them besides the main three. You know, the family room, the kitchen. I think it's real nice to have it all furnished like that. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Seems very grand. Know. Yeah, at least the $5,000 main suite, I feel like Jennifer hey, yes. Lopez is going to put her signature aesthetic yeah. on that. Wow. We shall see if All they right. buy that. Uh, Britney Spears is raving over pregnancy sex. She says it's great. Oh, Brittany, bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) She went on Instagram today and said that she's having the best sex ever. Quote, sex is great when you're pregnant. So she says. There we go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's not stopping. No, she's not stopping. It's kind of a perfect age. Like he's 28 and she's 40. Like in terms of like maximum horniness on both sides, they've, they've met in the middle. They have met in the middle. Right. That's so funny. Maximum hoardiness. Do you guys believe that Kim Kardashian had never watched Saturday Night Live before okay, hosting absolutely. It? I do not believe that for one second. Julia? Okay, so I believe that because she, she said she watched clips of it and funny things. She just never sat through a whole one. Okay, so you feel like the devil's in the details in this. <laughs> yeah. And Lori, you're not having it at all. No, I'm not having it at all that she was unaware of what it was. No, she's... She didn't she's say she was... Tw- un- she's she 40, just said not she's 20. never watched a complete one. Wasn't that no, it? No, I've never watched SNL is what she said. No, I think she's... Yeah. No, she... Julia, admit- Julia, Julia. This is how thirsty they are. These are the quotes we're getting from this new uh, show. Apparently, uh, Variety doesn't like this new show. Yeah, I did see the reviews of the mm-hmm. Kardashians, and didn't Variety say that it was just like they've moved beyond this format? Basically, because when Keeping Up with the Kardashians started in 2007, that's what got all the girls able to do all these things. Now we're so close to what everything, we know everything that's going on even more than we did, Then it's on E, It it that there's there's really... There's there's nothing there there, sure. even more so than at least the other ones. They'd bitch about each other and stuff like that. Now they're trying to really put a very glamorous sheen on all of this. Yeah, they've got new cameras over there at the Kardashians, yeah. making it in high definition. Well, I guess we'll judge for ourselves when the Kardashians debut. And uh, this week, how many more days? Tomorrow. tomorrow oh, yeah. it's tomorrow. All are right. you going to get up early, Julia? And are you going to watch a couple episodes? No, because Lori's already talked me into watching Court, Court TV. TV. Oh. oh my gosh, that is oh. so good, uh, Holly. I needed popcorns and milk duds at nine a.m. Oh. His sister was on the stand. It's like riveting television. Yeah, you know, uh, let's uh, let's do a little update concerning that Johnny Depp, Amber Heard mm-hmm. defamation uh, court situation that's happening right now. Uh, some of the things we're learning today about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Johnny Depp texted about Amber Heard's, quote, rotting corpse yeah. in messages revealed during de- today's day of defamation trial. Now, these text messages between Johnny Depp and his friend Isaac Baroch from 2016 were read in court, including one in which Johnny Depp said that Amber Heard ruined their cool life. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were really trying to get uh, that Baroch to like say, well, you know, is this indicative of how Donnie or Johnny talks? And he's like, hey, he calls me, you know, he's called me a see you next Tuesday lots of times. I mean, these guys, they've been friends for 42 years, but. It is riveting uh, to kind of watch what's going on because they're both sitting there. And, yeah. Uh, I want to watch it. The stuff that they're saying and the thing that they're testifying and the objections. I mean, it's very law and order.
Yeah, and it's the real meal deal. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what the studios were afraid of, yeah. is that we would be watching this yeah. unfold on court TV. And the things that are said in these text messages were not meant to be heard by anyone other than the sender and the recipient. That's right. And then video, we're going to get video of the elevator of the fancy building that they lived in. I mean, there's they're calling it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, they've got... Um, you know, limo drivers said, I mean, there's going to be so many people, um, that are testifying. I can't imagine how much this defense is costing for both of them, basically. Yeah, I imagine that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard both have hefty legal bills. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering they just went through this whole thing a couple of years ago over in London, and now they're doing the same thing I over mean, here in the United States. I, uh, I can't, I can't think of a couple that's hated each other more than these two. Nope, you're right. Yeah, and you know, other things in those text messages, I can't say on the no, radio. So you're going to have to tune into Court TV. Julia, you're on the assignment. I know it's a, a cringe assignment for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I Everything know. Ollie's are. Yeah. <laughs> but we look forward to the report of the Thank report you. from All you. Right. <laughs> the report of the report will happen. Thank you. Monday, it'll really, when this is all over for Johnny Depp, the scandal will be all of this that's happening because it is just so, so messy. Although you're going to enjoy watching this afternoon, Isaac, Johnny's friend of 42 years, um, give some very, let's just say he made Johnny smile with some of his answers because they were trying to imply that because Johnny is a person who runs late all the time. Right. And that he also likes to have cocktails, that it makes him a bad person. And Isaac really quite, he's an excellent witness for Johnny. Yeah. Let's just say, you know, because we've all, how they try and lead you down a little road. Yeah. He also testified that he saw, apparently Johnny owned three penthouses in this tower. In L.A. We know about this. Yeah. And his friend Isaac. Mm-hmm. lived in one of his, I can't remember if it was, I think it's L.A. And then when he, Johnny and Amber would fight, then he would, li- she would go on the other one. Anyway, apparently Elon Musk, uh, Isaac testified that uh, he saw Elon out on the balcony. And it, this was during the time period when. They were still married? Yeah, and Depp was very convinced that she was having an affair, an affair. with Elon Musk. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. James Franco, too. You oh. they, They're both on the witness list. You yep. might need two boxes of milk dogs the way this thing's going. Oh, yeah. And, and Elon Musk, now we know why he didn't pass the background check on right. Twitter and isn't on the board. Yeah, the 5% didn't disclose that he owned already 5%, right? Wasn't That's it? right. And you have to technically disclose that. And then when he bought the second round, it put him... So high, but he did not disclose that he had that 5%. Yeah, so he, he didn't, yeah, that's why he didn't take that his board seat. Yeah, well, he's in trouble. He's in trouble with, with this. The, yeah. Okay, the, wait. The SEC? I think so. Yeah. I think it's the SEC. There's, yeah, there's, rule, there's rules and financial rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. He... It's interesting. It's getting in, more interesting by the day. Yeah, and when let me tell you, I might call in sick the day he, call, he comes to the standard Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, well, we're gonna we could have we it on. put it in the on can, here. Okay, so anyway, I I think I had told you guys a couple months ago about um, and Julia, you and I have talked about it because we've seen in seventeen years how much the Sunset Strip has changed since oh, we've been going out yes. there and. Taking down, you know, iconic buildings and yep. putting up luxury high rises. It's and happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere. <laughs> and it's just kind of, you know, makes makes you sick because um, sunset, the Sunset Strip was just, uh, you know, 
It's a shadow of its former self. A couple months ago, they tore down Tower Records, which was right on that corner there. Anyway, um, this two-mile stretch of Sunset Boulevard, if you've never been to L.A., it starts at Doheny and goes just two miles straight down, but it's one place after the other, you know, whiskey a go-go. And there's all these different places, but a lot of these places are, are, the Rainbow Room is still there, but um, the Viper Room, um, was uh, a building that Johnny or a club that Johnny Depp owned, but I had forgotten that in the sixties there, and I think this was in Daisy Jones in the Six. L.A. imposed a ten p.m. curfew, and all these famous actors, Jack Nicholson, Peter Fonda, joined the hippies because there were too many hippie hangouts. The whiskey a go go. The Rainbow Room, other probably clubs. the Troubadour, yeah, the Troubadour probably. probably although that wasn't, but it, yeah. the L.A. had a 10 p.m. curfew for anyone 21 and under. It was just like ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, uh, the Viper Room, um, uh, when 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 that was an like last week, it was announced. Boom, it's going to be demolished. Luxury high yeah. rises going up. And um, so the story is when it opened in 1993, it was the hottest ticket in town. And basically think of the 7th Street entry, but maybe with 100 more people, a capacity of 250, cave-like room, yeah, very dark. Um, and the very first night, it was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Evan Nando of the Lemonheads, and he was very hot for a second in okay. the early 90s. They did a really great cover of Mrs. Robinson that kind of was played on all the alternative channels. Maybe you'll find it later for the Lemonheads, Mrs. Robinson. And Pogue's frontman, Shane McGowan, that's who opened the club. And so it was Quentin Tarantino was there and, you know, Tim Burton and Dennis Hopper and Christina Applegate and Patricia Arquette. Think of everyone who's hot, like in 1993. And it had been a grocery shop and then in 1947 it became a music small club by the mobster mickey cohen okay and um when johnny depp you know by the time he owns the club in 93 he just gave the in his little opening night speech i really love the idea of clubs from the 20s 30s and 40s like long slinky dresses gin fizzes and and witty banter this is what he's saying to the crowd and um he said i wanted to have a club where celebrities don't feel like they're on display okay lots of dark corners to do things in he got his wish the dark and dingy viper room became immediately the hippest hangout for film and music music a-listers and because it was only 250 capacity it was hard to get into and three months later after the club uh opened um, River Phoenix arrived with his siblings, Leaf, now known as Joaquin, and Rain, to play a set with the band that was called P. And in that band was uh, River Phoenix's buddy Flea and John Frusciante of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. And they just called themselves okay. P. And during the show, River told a friend, hey, I just did a speedball. I might be overdosing. And he stumbled out of the club and was convulsing on the sidewalk outside of 
the Viper Room. Right. And they called in. He died there. He died right there on he the sidewalk. Right I remember that. And in the wake of the incident, then Johnny closed the club for a week. And out of respect for him, and every year on the anniversary of his death, um, people would put candles and flowers and bouquets because it was Halloween weekend. So much so that people couldn't even walk. Wow. And they had to start make, making the club, you know, clear it out. But it did little to hurt the reputation. A few months later, Johnny Depp, who's dating the 21-year-old Kate Moss, he's like 26, 27, he has a party there. Another friend almost overdoses. Who's that? Uh, this actor named Jason Donovan. Okay. We, we don't wow. know uh, really what's happened to him, but there was an, another close call. Right. But everyone just... You know, kept going, and because it was Johnny Depp, um, it was a dive that had epic sound in this place, and oh. all these little cave um, bars. We're talking about and, the Viper Room. The if Viper you're just Room. Us. The, the sound is really incredible if you got a good sound system, and um, so anywhere on the strip, better than Whiskey Go Go, Rainbow Room, anything. So there would be all these jam sessions, and one of the most famous was a jam ses- session with Michael Hutchins of In Excess. Oh, God. It was Keith Richards, ZZ Top's Billy Gibbons um, in one session, but nobody was filming it or anything. Yeah. Over the years, whole Iggy Pop slash The Strokes, Johnny Cash, and Keanu's uh, band Dogstar have all squeezed up onto the tiny stage, and the best acts would come and play there and... Big acts, if they had a show at the Hollywood Bowl, they would do a show usually the night before unannounced at the Viper Room. Mm-hmm. And in in December of uh, Oasis recorded there at the or played there at the height of their fame, and Johnny Depp like casually told someone they that they were going to be there that night, and they had like a thousand people waiting in line. Yeah, sorry, sorry. 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 And then um, Robin Anton. Um, in uh, 1995, talked Johnny into letting her do a residency with a group of girls called the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, is that where they started? And they, they played at the Viper Room from 95 until 2001. And oh, over the years, cool. that is where we would see like Scarlett Johansson, Christina Aguilera, Gwen Stefani. They would get up and be honorary. <laughs> puss- they would go to the Viper right. Room and they'd be honorary Pussycat Dolls. And it was so popular. Jimmy Iovine is the one who said they should be a band. So, um, I mean, it continued well into, you know, I mean, they used to run Molly's game out of the Viper Room. That's right, the the famous poker game. Yes, the famous poker game uh, to run the games, and that was in the movie, you know. But uh, anyway, so it's, uh, it's, 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 it's going, going, gone, and, um, you know, there will be a small Viper Room in this luxury upscale building. Well, that's kind of cool. Okay, that's yeah. kind of cool. But Johnny hasn't owned it now for quite a while. But it was like a really. That's what they did with Nyes, right? Uh, the, yeah. Uh, in Northeast, they yeah. took yep. it down, built it up, put a little little semi version of yeah. what it used to be. That's kind of at least yep. they'll have a little room. Yeah, they'll have a little bit. So that's what's happening. But that was the place that everyone would love to go there. No cameras. No, you know. <laughs> exactly. All of that back yeah. in the day. Oh, Johnny. All right, we'll be right back. Oh, my gosh. People are very excited for her tomorrow night at the Armory. It's going to be a good show, right? No I, kidding. I threw out a couple of lifelines to see if anyone wanted to invite me, but apparently 
if people have extra tickets, they've been spoken for. And I understand, Julia. That's do you? Um, I really yeah. do. My, it would um, be a fun show to go to, to see her. Oh, in a gosh, small yes. Place, you know, right at the height of uh, oh, everything. Yeah. yeah, be a blast. And yeah. the armory is just. It is very nice. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. What they did to that the, place. The way they lined it with bars from front to end and bathrooms, bathrooms with front to aplenty. end. A bathrooms aplenty. And yes. they're nice. And nice. they're stalled all the way from foot yeah. Ceiling. Yeah, I Very know. Nice. I do. I, I do. I did like that about that. I have only seen the one concert there, Lizzo. Lizzo. We I saw Lizzo. Oh, I saw Dua Lipa there back uh, right in like 2019, right before the pandemic. Great show. I'm sure. She's a stage performer. I wonder performer. how much tickets are going for uh, Olivia. For I'll Olivia. I'll like, see if there's anything market. at the Armory or if it's all like already. I, I feel like that show sold out. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I would imagine it's all second market, but I'll take a peek. Yeah, there. because it only holds like 7,000 people in there. Yeah, it's small. Oh, my goodness. What are you shopping for, Julia? Um, I, I don't want you to buy a ticket to anything right now over on the air in case it's for the wrong date. <laughs> She's totally busting me. She's mm. so telling the truth. Mm. I'm trying to, yeah. You're I buying something I know, because you've got so... one eye on me, one eye on your computer. I do. She knows me so uh, well. Right, right now, you guys, you can get three tickets at $179 a piece before fees. That is the cheapest second market. It doesn't look like there's anything available at the armory. Yeah, I think it's. I think John Bream told us she could have probably sold out two nights at the Excel. Yeah. I was going to say, she could have sold out the Excel, absolutely. She's, she's what she a performer. didn't feel like she, uh, you know, this is her first tour, that she had a big enough show. I'd want to play smaller, too. Yeah. And you know, really, I mean, that's a lot to fill. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing Panic at the Disco for the very first time, and they played at Target Center, and they played, I think, at First Avenue, but it was... They had to like tent off a lot of the Target Center to make it feel like a small club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's because yeah. they were not well, well enough known, known but yet they had a couple of opening acts, and I think that they were hoping that more than five thousand people would show up, or whatever it was. But they were really fun. I was instantly in love <laughs> with Panic at the Disco. They're great. Oh, holy cow. They were so much fun. They they were. I mean, they're still together, I think. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I just want to give people um, just a shout out for something that's a week. What date? What day? Today is, is the April 28th next 13th week? tax day is Monday. Okay. So it's two weeks out. So you're getting a lot of time to prepare. But, you know, we always love um, dining out. 
Dining Out for Life, Minnesota. It's oh, going to yeah. be Thursday, April 28th this and year. We've been at it for two years. I know it. And it's to support the Aliveness Project, which um, helps out people with HIV AIDS. Yeah, it delivers meals. It delivers right? meals. Food. So there's a bunch of bars and, uh, excuse what me, restaurants. It? It's Thursday, April 28th. Okay. And um, there are some great, there's just great places that are participating. Um, let's see here. In St. Paul, you've got, um, let's see here. Well, I'm sure Jones in the Park. Jones in the Park. Um, the French Meadow Cafe, Ice House, um, Downtown Minneapolis. Just give us a website. All right, fine. Dining Out for Life. Okay, thank Google you. it. Yeah. Yeah, Dining Out for Life. It's here. I'm writing it down. I'm having a celebrity peel that day, and I might have to go in disguise um, with a scarf wrapped around my Yeah, face. I think I'm having one the next day. That's so funny. We're both going to come in with headscarves. Uh-huh. I'll never forget, though, when, when we, we first did it. The, oh, God. And Patrick Royce and, and Sushray are like, oh, no. what is wrong with you? What, yeah, what? No, we wore scarves. We, we had just our forehead... And then our eyes, because the laser wasn't as good as it was. We this was early years, and not with Doctor Crutchfield, somebody else. But like we don't remember been, I had the blue peel. It was oh, the gosh. blue was peel. Blue. We were, I mean, we looked like zombie monsters. We okay, did. and came to work. So Julie and I wore sheer <laughs> scarves around our head, with just our eyes peeking out, like kind of I dream a genie sort of like. But then we realized, oh, it's hard to talk. You know, Donnie's like, girls, you know, you're gonna have to take off the scarves when you get in the studio. It's muffled. Oh, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. Um, unbelievable, Lori. We yeah, were so, so lasers have come a long way yes, since we've have. been on the air. Yes, they mm-hmm. have. A lot really? Of, a lot of things? A lot of things have come a long way. You guys have been on the air for 20 years, and if you didn't know, which we could take two seconds just to give yeah. it a little recognition one more time, oh. Lori and Julia won a Gracie Award, which spotlights women in media. They were honored with Melissa McCarthy, Tamron Hall, Kelly Clarkson, a whole bunch of other great women in this industry, and I just want to congratulate Let me give our category, large, major market, non-morning drive. <laughs> you guys... Deserve it though. Very Thank good you. job. Very Thanks good so job. much. Thank you. Thank you. It's my last night of bowling tonight. I'm so sad. Oh no. Oh, what funny stories am I gonna get going tonight? I last week you did not show enough appreciation for the PPT oh, conversation that happened. <laughs> I know. It was so damn funny. I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Is this is on Thursday when I was gone? Yeah. Okay. The I penis heard, predictor theory, I the heard, penis uh, math that I know how to do, but I told so my two guys, yeah. don't worry, I have never done it on YouTube. And I haven't. No, I know. It's a superpower skill that Julie and I have, and we just employ only when needed. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It's a very, very dangerous superpower to have, to be able to know. You're so funny, Lori. We haven't done it with you, Grant. We never did it with Donnie. We had somebody on who taught us this superpower year two. I'm kind of She actually wrote a book. She did. Oh, oh, gosh. And it was called the Penis Predictor Theory. I got to figure this and out. And she was from Michigan, We're I want to say. I, I know. And Donnie was just like, couldn't believe it. But that I, was probably the same year we had Poetry of the Penises. I, it was a big... The puppetry of the everything penises. Everything was in... It, it was, was a just lot. a penis year 2003, for whatever reason. <laughs> when I graduated high school. There you go. And now <laughs> oh look gosh. at you. Look at where you are. That's right. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Everybody have a good night. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go.